Hello, and welcome to the So Emotional Podcast. Here on the cast, we discuss everything emotions through the lens of attachment, the nervous system, and internal parts work. We're a little irreverent and like to have fun exploring the emotional issues and dynamics that interest us. So come along and hang out. Let's explore the fascinating lands of emotions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the So Emotional podcast. I'm Angela Wetzel. And I'm Nick Carl. And this podcast is about the emotional journey. It's for our fellow travelers. And the goal is just to talk about all things emotional in a, mm-hmm. a way that's honest, fun, and irreverent. Because that's what we are. Mostly. <laughs> Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I like it. So, you know, it it's kind of funny because <laughs> there's like millions of podcasts out there and we could just be like, who needs another podcast, right? Um, but for me, it feels really important to talk about the journey of like emotion like the emotional journey which i feel like i can't say it without it sounding really cheesy like emotional journey but because there's like there's like a lot of stigma right like even the name of the podcast like there's sort of a stigma emotional you're so emotional and yet it's something that everybody truly wants like we actually want to be emotional we want to feel emotions when we when we want things, we want the emotion of it. We don't just want stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's actually the thing that we're all after as we're like pushing it away because we're like, I don't want to be that, but I just want to be like this tiny handful of like acceptable emotions. Um, and so just from my own experience and my own journey of realizing that I wasn't really feeling my emotions and like the shock of that and being like, holy shit, like I'm not really feeling my emotions. And then like the crazy sort of journey that it's been just to move from this place of having a more like intellectual understanding of life to a more embodied emotional place, which is like a totally different experience. It's like from not being present and like distracted or numb and like tied to either a painful past or a fearful future to being like alive in the present moment and like fully vulnerable and fully like fucking scared and terrified, but also excited. It's like everything juicy that we really want is like happening now. Um, But because of trauma and all these things, like it, it makes so much sense that we end up protecting ourselves and like protecting ourselves from like feeling the terror of the present moment and emotions that we're not sure we have the skills to hold or understand or observe. So now that I've said all that, Nick, do you want to just say like, why, like, what's your why, you know? So, yeah. So I was thinking, uh, you know, for a long time I was thinking about Lamborghinis. I was like, (laughs) as you were talking <laughs> just so like i'll get the lamborghini and that will make my life good right yeah and it's about and it's about well like at what point did that stop like working 
right? It's like when did like or when did uh, when did that come upon? Like oh, oh okay, like there's something else. Like that emotions actually are important, right? Mm-hmm. And so your question is, I'm sorry, what was your question again? My question is, well, the 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 question or the statement or whatever is like, there's obviously like millions of podcasts and like there's probably a bunch of different ones that we could have offshoots or ideas of but making this one like why why is this something that's important to you and like and like Hmm. what's like your hope to because like I like I don't know if I said this fully but like for me it is really important for me maybe one of the most important things like I feel if I have any kind of like real life purpose that is like tangible, Mm -hmm. it is to help people fully accept their emotional selves. Okay. So that like they can, they can really feel like their internal compass. Like they know who they are. They know their desires. Like that is super important to me. And I know that because I know you and you've had your own journey. Like I know that you have shit that's really important to you like that. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm wondering more about your why. Mm-hmm. The, the process of coming into, coming into contact with emotions. Like, you know, there's almost like two versions of me. There's the like version 1.0 of, okay, here I'm on the planet, just sort of doing what everybody else does. Hey, how's it going? And having a certain experience, right? Plotting along, living my life, blah, blah, blah. I would have flown past this podcast. Like, I can't understand what they're talking about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> to, I personally had like a revelatory experience, you know, of being, uh, having an actual experience of of feeling like uh in a moment that i turned around and i uh i had like a backlog of emotions an ocean of emotions and suddenly everything made sense as to why my life had operated the way that it had up to the point that it had and it was completely revelatory psychedelic whatever it just like everything then made sense and from that point, uh, coming into uh, communion with that, like experiencing that, feeling the, all, all that energy, all that, uh, what emotions mean to me, how they are in my body, has begun to like fill out, fill out the bouquet of colors that is inside of me and, and, and change so many different things. Like it's, it, it's, it's, it's very dynamic and really um filled out a lot of color and made a lot more things made sense and i feel very strongly about like uh uh sort of speaking that word right speaking to what that is what that experience is and how that uh you know how that moves in my own life and in my own body and and the differences that it's made for me uh and all those and all and all the different all the different and varied ways Mm. i do get this question a lot from my clients and um people on my instagram page are just like well how do i do that like how do i feel my feelings you know 
And it's like, not, it's almost like trying to answer that question. Like what is self-love? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of just like a nebulous thing that you could read and intellectualize, but until you like start to experience it, it's almost hard to talk about, which now that I'm thinking about it, we've done something very stupid here. (laughs) What do we do? Now just by like, like what we're like this task is like can be kind of a difficult thing to talk about but i think that even just talking about the experience or like that journey of how nebulous like that concept can be in a way just to like feel truly feel Mm -hmm. because like if we're thinking about feeling we might not be feeling (laughs) and so it's like where's the entry point into the feeling Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Should we talk about like our own experiences? Maybe that would be helpful. All right. I can dig that. Okay. Um, well, I'm trying to think of like what a good lead in is to that. Like, well, like when you talked about uh, the nebulousness of feeling, right? So, I'll talk about this. So my introduction to feeling, right? It was like feeling mm-hmm. 101 uh, <laughs> was with another person, right? Uh, so this was a, a, a coach that I had, but the, the instructions were pretty simple. It was mm-hmm. to feel my feet on the floor, to feel my butt in the chair, yeah. to like feel the shirt touching my skin, to get in contact with the physical sensations that were happening inside my body. So I can do that. I decided to close my eyes because it seemed, you know, my eyes, my consciousness was kind of pushed out. So I closed my eyes and it kind of it brought me more into my body. And then I just began to scan around like, I, you know, feel my feet, feel my knees, my butt. And then he asked me, he's like, OK, does anything kind of, you know, stand out for you? Is anything kind of and I was like, mm. I was like, well, like right around here just feels a little fuzzy and he was like okay good a lot of people talk about fuzzy so just go ahead and be with that thing uh don't be like questioning or um the spirit that you want to bring is acceptance Mm -hmm. acceptance like just accept and be with the thing i was like okay that seems simple i can accept and be with the thing just a feeling and so i sat in there and it was sort of like watching clouds you know just like i kind of imagine like a you know a nice sunny day with puffy whites out there and you're just you know you just are there kind of floating in a way and i was just like watching and feeling and uh then it began to like move a little bit and he was kind of asking me some questions like he's like can you feel the edges and i was like yeah well, yeah sure i can feel the edge it's like right here and right here and he's like okay keep going so (laughs) but that was like the nuts and bolts of like one-on-one stuff so after a little bit of cloud watching how much cloud watching by the way like was this in one session that was all cloud watching uh, no this is all this is all so this this is still first session so i'll bring it into just this is 101 first session sat down we're five minutes in I'm watching and I'm watching like the fuzziness up here so a couple minutes goes by and then it just kind of slides down a little bit and he 
he's like, okay, what's happening? I was like, well, it's just kind of like the fuzziness is not just at the top of my head. Now it's like down to my ears. He's like, all right, cool. Keep going. I was like, all right. I'm just like watching and the, the fuzziness begins to slide down even farther. And he's checking in and I was like, well, it's down to my chest now. He's like, okay, keep going. And then the fuzziness had kind of encompassed my whole body. And I reported that back. He's like, okay, keep going. And then as the fuzziness changed, I started to feel kind of a little bit of electricity, kind of like tingling, just a tingling feeling. And I reported that and he said, okay, keep going. And I said, if I was going to continue to follow this path where this thing is going, I feel like I would probably begin to scream. Yeah. And he said, okay, open your eyes. <laughs> and he kind of changed the subject. And this was his like expertise was to just keep things, keep things sort of like in a operating box of like not freaking out essentially. It's like keep yeah. your nervous system kind of, um, anyway, through that session. And then, you know, we kind of like chilled out, changed the subject, relaxed a little bit. And then when we went back in, all those feelings were there in an instant. This is the second I closed my eyes. And then I started to get this sensation of just energy. And I don't know what to call it. That's all I can call it to describe it. It just was a moving energy from like the bottom of my hips up out my spine and then out the top of my head. It just felt almost kind of like water in a way. It was just moving energy. It's hard to describe. It's a subjective inside thing. Nothing, nothing is happening, but something is happening. And uh, the rush just kind of came and I kept the same acceptingness to my being of just like allowing, allowing what is there to be and being with what, what is there. And what was there was a giant amount of just energy and I didn't know what to call it. It was a completely novel experience at the time. Mm. Um, and so we sat with that and just did, <laughs> did that. I kind of started to like rock my head a little bit. It just happened spontaneously, um, for the next 40 minutes or whatever. And then at some point, you know, he said, okay, let's open your eyes and we kind of closed down the session and you know, talked about what it was and what it was, was just emotion. It was just emotional energy. And I, I, I almost could see it at the time. And I see it now that like, <laughs> I was just so practiced at the time to not feel my emotions, to just keep things, uh, stay away from my own body, stay away from being with myself and feeling myself. And, uh, you know, with someone's guidance, guidance to be there, just had this stark uh, and revelatory experience of feeling. Uh, feeling in a way that I had never before. And I was, you know, 38 years old or whatever, you know. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because, like, well, you already answered one question that I had like, yes, when, when was that like initiation? But then the other question was, um, what caused you to seek out that, that appointment, that session, you know, I was in a relationship that I thought I, I think I did really like, there was a lot of affinity. There was a lot of connection and glue. Um, I thought that, we actually had a great relationship, but 
<laughs> my emotions and my body really uh, closed down. It was like a slow burn, like a slow close, but my insides just became like a flower closing its petals up and then all the colors sucking out and uh, it just seemed like a pressure just started like pushing in on my being. Mm. Uh, that process of like shutting down lasted for more than a year <laughs> mm. until I kind of like thought out and then when I did thought out I had I sort of like had some uh, road rage and uh, some <laughs> dirty dishes rage I was like my motions were just all over the place and so I was it was when I had some I woke up one morning and there was a dirty dish that shouldn't have been dirty of course which was like crime against humanity and mm -hmm. my emotions went to the moon I had anger like nobody died nobody got hurt I smashed a dish that was the worst thing to happen mm. but it was but it was such a almost like violent move of energy and anger that I was just like uh, okay something's something's going on and uh, so I started to look around for help were you alone when you smashed the dish or were there people around and then it no. caused I was alone yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I've had similar ish things, you know, like anger. Um, so, but when, uh, what do you, are there points of revelation in your timeline? Actually, I have one more question for oh, you. Sure. And that is, you were talking about like how you would distract or keep yourself numb. And like, what, what were those ways that you noticed that you did? Like, what were your, what were your things or how did you accomplish that numbness? Uh, for a long time, I was smoking pot. Mm -hmm. And then just through having to get a job or just, <laughs> I can remember um, when I did stop smoking pot. And it took like a while. It was like, you know, 12 weeks or something. But I really, really turned into an asshole. Like I got mm -hmm. real, real nasty. And it was just like, oh, okay, that's different. That's interesting. Uh, you know, watching shows, uh, you know, playing with my phone, playing guitar, just a, mm -hmm. a, a myriad of things, you know, uh, on weekends, I'd always spend time with friends, like always, and I would like, you know, stay over, sleep over, it was just like always just keeping myself busy all the time, just busyness. I mean, there's a myriad of ways in, in our society today, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, the possibilities are endless. And, and I, absolutely use them all just to keep just to keep kind of like a, a, a constant cadence of movement uh, and any time that I did have say like uh, some unstructured time like time off work or something there was absolutely an implosion so I would just avoid that and then just like refocus somewhere else so the, there was a whole there was a whole ecosystem of keeping myself occupied so yeah, like that, several things, like several tactics and strategies and using, absolutely. like moving from one to another, using a couple at a time. And right. Yeah, just, I um Just to keep things mm -hmm. at bay. Yeah, I, I like gasped because what you said, it just reminded me of this last, uh, this relationship that I had had and something that he had said. And I was like, Oh my God. Like he literally said something like that, like that he smoked weed because 
he didn't want to be like an asshole like his father, you know, and he like had some awareness that he had all of this like rage, like kind of this like viciousness. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. was like, I don't want to be that. So and so he would like self medicate. And, um, you know, and there's all kinds of reasons why that works, you know, who knows if he had like an anandamide deficiency or whatever, but there is something like, you know, the, the numbing, I mean, I don't fully understand. I'm, I'm not very super experienced with like, um, you know, weed myself, very limited. Um, and just interestingly enough for me, um, drugs, like I, I had like the fear of God put into me like so much when I was like in kindergarten, like I had this one gym teacher and he like, they would set up the whole elaborate thing of like the skeleton with like the, the glass jars and the cotton balls. And like, you know, they'd be like, this is what happens when you smoke and you would like see the tar going into the lungs. And then they would show us like like, mouths with like cancerous, like, like decay, like black, like erosion, like, I was like in kindergarten, I was horrified. And so like, like dare to, you know, the, the dare campaign, like, oh my God, I was so like, I will never touch a fucking drug in my entire life because I'm certain I will die. Like I will decay and die. But my own experience with like not knowing I was feeling was very weird because I assumed that I was like a super feeler, like I would feel everything. And in some ways I was right that I was really feeling everything, but how do I explain this? Cause it's really kind of hard for me to. Yeah. Cause you're a sensitive person. Yes. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. very highly sensitive. And so I was like feeling so many things, but it was almost like feeling a lot and not knowing how to process it or maybe understand it or Like I I was very good at seeing things in other people, but not always knowing how it related to me or necessarily like what my own feelings were about something. It depended on what like the things were. And so, and and I'm trying to think of like where to start telling the story, but essentially um, the point that I realized I wasn't really feeling my feelings, pardon me, was when um, I started dating somebody and I was in, there were so many things. I feel like it was like a, a gradual, like little incidents and they were all kind of adding up. Like I was starting to see that there was like some weird stuff happening. Like um, not like weird stuff. Um, okay, let me just try to tell the story. So I was at NYU at Tisch at the Atlantic acting school and those teachers are like, they're so incredible. They're so incredibly detailed and focused and aware. And they are just like masters at their craft. And also just, they're so good at knowing how to like bring out someone's like authenticity and they also know kind of when you're being blocked or if something's happening where you're Mm. not able to just freely kind of express yourself and flow right or just and I don't yeah so it's just like they they were so very good at it and I had so many experiences there of I was way out of my comfort zone um being there and yet it was like 
one of the the biggest and best like experiences of my life. Like it, it was amazing. Like I was amazingly happy and I was also amazingly under a lot of stress. And essentially what was happening, I think it might've, it, nothing, I don't know if I recall anything happening the first year I was there, but the second year I was doing this one scene from Chekhov, which anyone who knows like Anton Chekhov's works, like it's, it's pretty depressing stuff. And it's, it's very like traumatic things, you know, and we were doing this scene from three sisters and it's like a triage scene pretty much where like half the village has burned down and like the, the three sisters home is where all these burn victims are coming in and people have like lost their homes and they've lost loved ones. And I swear to you, we did the scene, like we talked about the scene, there were three of us. Somehow my interpretation of it, like the way it ended up coming out, it just felt like a walk in the park. It was just like another day. It's just another day. And yet there was like all this crazy, like chaos, like literally, if you think about it, like the smell of like probably burning flesh and burning hair and just like people crying, like just, I can't even imagine. Right. right. But I was so numb and so cut off that I hadn't even considered like the stakes of that. And that, and that was something that was brought up by my teacher, our checkoff teacher, who was extremely fiery and passionate. She pretty much ripped us all like a new one, but not in like a, you know, you suck kind of way. She was like, she was like, Angela, She's like, you are one of the most empathic, generous actors I've ever met. She's like, I do not understand like what this is. And I was just like, uh, I don't either. Like, I don't know. Like we just thought this was, you know, I don't know. It was weird kind of to have that experience. And then I remember going back and looking at the scene and suddenly I was seeing it. I was like seeing like the chaos and the trauma and like, the the awful things and part of me had gotten really good I think at just filtering out chaos like I'm very good in emergency situations I'm very calm I'm very like you know mm-hmm. and I never understood that it was probably like a trauma response to growing up in chaos and having to that was one thing. Another, um, another thing was, I see that the inner, the connection's unstable. Um, it blinked for a second. That's okay. Another thing, like there were just little things that, um, cause I would get teacher evaluations and there were, there were probably like four different things that happened. One was I was so very self-conscious. It was painful. Like I was so very aware of my own presence like I was hyper vigilant in a way of how I was being perceived and I felt so much shame around being seen Mm. that um one of my teachers mentioned that one of my Suzuki teachers and this this kind of stuff is all very much like embodied like physical work like it requires you to be very present so it's like you kind of like it's sort of brilliant in a way because any actor that goes to acting school like 
people usually go like the reason why I went and didn't realize the reason why acting had been so important to me is because I hadn't been feeling my feelings because I had been, um, in unintentionally, like, I don't really ever believe my parents intentionally set out to emotionally abuse me and neglect me and whatever happened but I was feeling all the emotions in my house. And then I was acting out. I had lots of tantrums. Um, I was very aware of my parents and how they felt. It was very clear that they hated each other. There was just a lot of stuff. There was um, rage and things being smashed and fighting and tension and sadness, so much sadness and disappointment and I was just like so aware of all of it. And I was also very aware that I was like sponging, like really absorbing because children are in theta so much, this, this theta state that I had generational trauma from like, you know, DNA probably, but just like behavioral stuff too, like all kinds of things. And I used to like torture this one baby doll that I had. And I was very aware that I would like, she was like my bad doll and I would like channel my rage and, and displeasure and like, like abuse this doll. Like I would be like, you're bad. You're, you know, and then I would like put her in the fridge, like in the drawer alone, or I would put her in the freezer or I would put her in the dryer, you know? And it was me like acting out what I believe is like gener not just generational trauma, but the, like, um, perhaps things that happened to me in some, I, mean, I don't think my parents ever put me in the dryer, obviously, but, um, this, these emotions and rage and shame and all this stuff that I was just picking up and feeling that, that wasn't really being expressed. Like it was, um, they didn't know what to do with all of this stuff that they had inherited. And then I inherited all of it. And I was, I would see it. I was aware, but I didn't know what any of it meant. I didn't know how to relate to my own feelings. And then when I would act out, I would get, um, I would get punished. Or if I threw a tantrum, like I would be abandoned. Like my parents would just leave or walk away, or I would be shamed or rejected, or you can do this, but you can't do it here. You have to go away and like scream into a pillow, like go into a room or, you know, you can't behave this way. Like you don't get to have what you want. And it was almost this like perspective that I was a very bad child and that I was um, willful and that I wanted my own way and that there was something very bad and very wrong about that. Or even maybe like, it just wasn't seen as me trying to get my needs met. It was seen as I was bad and like self-centered maybe and overreacting like all these things. So it was very, very challenging for me to be, and I am very strong-willed. <laughs> so it was really challenging to have all these feelings and um, kind of amplify them in a way. Like I'm showing the feelings that I'm picking up on as a child. And a lot of children do this. We just display what we're getting. We're like reacting to it. And then if it's unconscious or it's emotions that are viewed as unacceptable, by the the adults then they will reject those in the child so i was very much rejected for mm -hmm. feeling so i learned to not feel and 
when I found acting, like I was always a goofball, like super like all the time. And I, I think it was a way of like existing and playful energy and just different things where I could exist because I wasn't allowed to be angry. I wasn't allowed to be super needy. I learned to like be very like, I'm very independent. I'm very cool. I don't need you, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And um, when I found acting, it was really a way for me to hide behind characters and to find freedom of expression because I couldn't be wrong. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm following the script and like I can creatively be like, my character feels this. And so this, you know, that's right. That's what I'm doing in the moment. And so it was a way for me to express my feelings and like not be wrong for it and not be abandoned and not be rejected. So it's just like this very interesting thing. And and a lot of, um, I think a lot of actors wind up there because I don't want to like generalize. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about myself kind of. Um, but I, I felt like I noticed this with some other actors. It's like we come to acting to like hide or to wear a mask or be a character because we feel like we can't be ourselves and be loved. Mm. And there's something about acceptance in that community like actors are pretty weird people. Like they're pretty out there, pretty open, like experimental. I mean, it's such a, like, truly it is where I, I like cut my teeth on embodiment and learning about trauma, even before I knew what it was. Like there are so many practices and being in the present moment to like channel creativity and be an open instrument that all of it, a, a lot of it is really about deconstruction and like, getting out of our own way so that we can express like the truth of who we are and like, like through these characters and acting is truly about being honest and being yourself. And yet so many are drawn to it. And I think I was because it was the only way I could feel honestly without being condemned for it. So it was almost like I was hiding out there but it's just like you can't hide out there for long because then your patterns and stuff come will come up. Like you, if you have trauma, if you have things getting in the way, if you're not able to self-express because for me, like hiding was safe, like being small and not being seen. So being seen meant potential death, potential harm, dismemberment, like who knows? It's just, you know, um, So my nervous system was like, I was experiencing high levels of anxiety just from catapulting myself like outside of my comfort zone into like acting and also into this, this like career where I would be fully seen, fully out there, which has always been a challenge for me in a lot of ways. And, um, Anyway, so just another, I guess maybe one of the most important examples was me doing this um, voice and movement class. It was my voice class and my teacher, who was Katie Bull. She's super amazing. Um, But I was not able to access my anger. I was doing a scene from Julius Caesar where I believe, I mean, this was like a while ago, but I was like the daughter and I was supposed to be like very angry with my father 
in this scene. And I was like, I don't know what it is. I literally cannot feel my anger. I can't access it. And she just like kind of kneels next to my yoga mat because we do a lot of practice things there. And she was like, can I ask you some questions? And I was like, sure. And she was like, you know, personal questions. I was like, yeah, I'm totally open, sure. And she was like, um, is like one of your parents an alcoholic? And I was like, no. She was like, drugs? Nope. Gambling? No. Workaholic? No. She like went through this list of all these different things. I'm like, no, 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 no. And then she said rageaholic. And I was like, that sounds a lot like my dad. And so she had recommended um, Alice Miller's book, The Drama of the Gifted Child. Mm -hmm. And that was part of like my first this psychology and like Freud classes and and things. Um, But it was like a deeper understanding and of me and like how all of this stuff fit into me because I had no idea that I was abused. I just was like, oh yeah, the way I was raised, like that was pretty normal. Like a lot of people go through that. And I'm sure that's true. A lot of people go through some version of abuse, but it's like, even the word abuse is very, it's stigmatized in a way. And if you say like someone was abusive to you, it's almost like too touchy to use that word because there are so many things involved, like parental loyalty, the fact that abuse can be unintentional, unconscious. Um, There's just a lot of ideas around like what abuse is and who abusers are. And I have personally expanded my own definition into what abuse is because in some ways I feel like it helps to kind of it sort of, for me, it helped me to understand my experience mm-hmm. and to say like, what happened to me was significant. It really was because the part of me that was numb and dissociated had no idea the ramifications of how being raised in a chaotic and dangerous environment, how that had shaped me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had no understanding of my pain and wounding and all of those things that resulted from me having my emotional reactions and those being shut down, me crying out for help and being abandoned and pushed away and shamed and all these things. I just had no idea. And so, um, and it was just little pieces of things like this. And so to go back to the guy I was dating we're dating like a few months and I don't want to like get super personal into the story because I feel like it's kind of embarrassing. So I'm like, Mm. but he had asked me to like do something. And I guess now I know everyone's just going to like fill in the blanks or whatever, but (laughs) he had asked me to do something and it, Oh my God. I'm like, how do I talk around this? Anyway, it's not super important what the thing is, but I'm sure you can all sort of just guess, fill in the blank, whatever. So <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Um, so 
I, when he first asked me, I was like, um, we're still kind of new at dating. Like we're still getting to know each other. And I just was like, I don't know if I feel super comfortable about that. And he was like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't ask you. I'm so sorry. That's so forward. It's so direct. And I was like, no, like, I'm like, no, I'm not offended by it. I'm just like, no, maybe, I don't know. Let me think about it. So anyway, let's just say that I acquiesced to this request. <laughs> and then I'm going to like meet him. Like we're going to have a date. And I almost feel like I should have just fucking said what it is, but I'm not going to say what it is. Yeah. I, for one, am confused. You're confused? Yeah. Because well, I, at least want to know, the... I at least want to know the what's the emotional flavor of whatever we're talking about. Um, It's like. Aggression? No, like inappropriate, like shame, maybe okay. like okay, kind of sure. those feelings, I guess. But right. I wasn't really that aware. Yeah. And just like, un like, just like a uneasiness, like I'm not sure that I feel comfortable because to me, it was like very intimate for me in sure. an early relationship. So, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we meet up, we're on this date and he's just like, Hey, what's, you know, and I'm clearly, I'm like shutting down. So I'm, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I'm going into dorsal vagal. So I'm going into like shut down and freeze and like, right. I'm not comfortable, but I'm not aware that I'm doing like, I'm aware that I feel strange, but I don't know how I feel at all. Right. And he's just like, Hey, what's going on with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, yeah, I don't think I said fine. I was like, I was like, I don't really, I was like, I don't really know. I'm like, I think I'm feeling things, but I don't really know. Right. And then, um, of course, like the date concluded, we went back to his place, things ensued. And then it was like, two weeks later, mm. I was like, oh my God, I was really uncomfortable with that. Like, I, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't want to do that. Mm. And it was just like the realization that I was so disconnected from my own Whoa. boundaries and what I really wanted and, uh, and like nothing bad happened. It wasn't like a horrible disaster, but it was Still. interesting because my own disconnection and the way I was acting, like it spooked him and he ended up like dumping me Ew. like, like, as close to ghosting without ghosting, like such an immediate breakup, like I can't do this anymore kind of thing. And like, bye. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even understand what happened. And then it was like those like a week or two later that I was like, oh, I was very uncomfortable with his request. Yeah. And yet I followed through with it. And then, you know, and whatever. Hmm. And it was just like the realization that I didn't know how I felt and that right. it would, that it took me that amount of time right. to like get in touch with myself. Like it was so shocking. And then all the pieces kind of started to click where I was like, Oh my God, I did the scene. I was totally detached. Oh my God. I did this other scene where my scene partner did something new and he threw the suitcase. And instead of doing what the, the character would have done, like I kind of ran away, you know, like, yeah watching yeah. like my my nervous system like i was responding and reacting to this like invisible you know these invisible threats or threats from the past that i had no idea 
I was responding to or that I was just so cut off. And it's interesting because I never related to like abuse. I didn't relate to um, like addiction, but I would see enabling stuff. I would see like the code, like codependent things without knowing what it was. Like I would see it. Mm-hmm. I could see the dysfunction in my family trees and my family and my friends yeah. and roommates. And, you know, cause like we do tend to attract like similar things people with similar stuff like I remember being in this like group of um, these group of uh, friends there were three of us and oh my god like to hear the stories about their dads and how it was significant significant abuse and physical and all these things and I just never understood because I was like well I wasn't hit so I don't understand why I'm in these circles of all these people that have experienced all of this like crazy abuse. Hmm. I was like, I don't fully understand it. And so it was just like a very, it was just a very slow, but interesting awakening of like, huh, and just all the pieces. So, um, and since I had asked you about like what the, the distractions were what the things were it was almost like i feel like i didn't have like conscious awareness around what i was doing but my ability to numb myself was like incredible mm-hmm. like i was so good at pushing my emotions sensation i could push myself really hard and it got me really far um like in the military i would push myself so hard on my two mile run like i would run like two miles in like 15 minutes, just over. I would push myself so hard that at the end I would be throwing up. I would be bowled over, heaving and throwing up because I pushed myself so hard. And it was something I was really proud of. Wow. I was like, I'm so crazy. Like cool <laughs> that I just- I'm so cool. <laughs> so cool i can push myself so hard i mean yeah it is kind of cool i mean kind of in a way sure sure but and and so it it fit into all these things like the military very well you know i got yeah. promoted i was an nco when i was like 22 i was already in leadership positions i was already like you know but and it, it's about- served me until it didn't what about that scene take me back to that first scene you described and it's a bloody scene there's three of you Mm -hmm. um you i imagined that you were not embodying the you were not embodying the gravity of the situation like you were not letting it affect your being and your professor could see yeah right so exactly comes over and says hey angela so how did how did you process that then what what happened well she was talking to all of us and she was known for not being super tactful like she was very passionate and she there was definitely shame that i was experiencing at the time like looking back and of course like you know like no one wants to be like artistically eviscerated in front of their peers (laughs) but it was like 
we we tried master we did our best and we <laughs> you know we failed and she was so very um she's so very passionate about checkoff and it's like what she does um and that kind of that kind of work is very different from a lot of other more modern plays or acting like it's deeper it's more complex it's layered um and i honestly do not remember like i honestly don't remember how we processed it individually or but we had discussed it and um it was almost like looking back it was almost like a very inward experience like a very internal experience that cut out everything else that was happening and maybe that was part of the way that i really survived things was to be internal and ignore like the chaos and things you know that that was part of it but like trying to think about how that happened or how that worked was like i don't know i i don't even know if i can fully say how i was viewing it like what the perspective was but we were knew you, it were was... you able to make a connection eventually were you were you able to connect to the scene yes yeah yeah and then so this is the other thing that started happening so when I did start connecting to things, I was a mess. Mm. So it was like, I would cry uncontrollably. I would hyperventilate. I mean, this is something I did as a child. I would hyperventilate until I would almost pass out mm. because of the intense emotions. Um, and so to me, I felt like this is in a way I felt very good about my ability to tap in like well like sadness and and that kind of thing was never hard for me to access there were certain mm. things that I could not access but I could access like tears and sadness and like stuff like that and so I do kind of think that everything came out in that way and part of me like looking back and I almost felt like well, if I'm an emotional mess, like this is good, <laughs> you know, like this is probably really interesting or I'm probably, right. you know, and right. in, in some ways there, I, it's hard for me to like fully and like, you know, I, I haven't thought about this in a while, but a lot of the other actors would talk to me about how moved they would be like by my work or witnessing, you know, and, mm -hmm. and they did say I was very emotionally generous and they really appreciated my ability to just put that out there. And it just, that was like the one emotion, like there were some emotions I could connect to. Mm. And, and when I could, I was very generous with them, but there was also some inner struggle about not always wanting to go there because it felt so out of control. Right. You know what I mean? So it was like this hyper, like, um, this like hysterical energy. It was all up here, like high in my chest and like freaking out, you know? 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was like good, but it wasn't good. I'm right. how old, uh, how old were you when that, that, uh, so I, with the, with the boyfriend, I'm interested boyfriend that was, I want to say 30, 32, 33, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I had actually been married. I got married at 20 and then divorced at like 28. And so I sort of did a lot of things backwards. Like I got married really young. I joined the military. I did all that. Like I worked for the government and then I ended up going back into acting, like finishing my degree. So I was there at like 30 with all these 18 year olds. Oh, wow. So there was this, this age gap and it was very interesting that way, but also I felt like I was an older sister. And then in other ways, emotionally, in some ways, I felt as though I was like their peer and that um, I just was like as lost as they were, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I just, and of course, like I had lived longer and like, you know, a decade longer, but it was like, there were just so many things I didn't really know. Um, yeah. So our topic is what's our topic reminded. Our topic was like, why are we doing this? And sort of our emotional, okay, our own journey to like realizing that we weren't feeling and then like the way in. Right. Um, so this is both our way in, or a part, a part of the story of our way in. Yeah, that's pretty. That was pretty good. That was a good story. I liked it. Thanks. So we're in. Now what? The why? Why do we do it? Why is it? Why is it important? It. Uh, so I think we already covered that. Yeah, I think you're right. Sorry. Are you like? How do we wrap this up? Kind of. No, 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 no. I'm just, uh, I'm, as I feel and I listen, right? <laughs> as I feel and I listen, like my brain kind of kind of swirls around a little bit. So I'm just like trying to stay moored into something, like uh, trying mm-hmm. to get from a point A to point B. Uh, we started off at A and then we go off to some place and then I'm like, where are we going again? Oh, yeah. Point B. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I thought about, this is a slight non sequitur, but I just wanted to get your opinion on it, is uh, one of the reasons why I asked your age, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. I would say that, like, it came to a head for me, you know, probably, like, and I, of course, there there was uh, instances and incidences of of running into my emotions and the way that I dealt with them throughout my whole life for sure but it really didn't come to a head till I'll just say like mid 30s probably like 35 for me right and mm-hmm. then you telling your story of, of that thing and like having mm-hmm. a stark the stark uh, realization that you didn't feel that into your 30s I kind of noticed just in my own friend group that in different ways there was there, there started to be some uh, like confrontations you know people's people's strategies for getting along in their lives sort of in this age like in this season of life started Mm -hmm. to precipitate out shall we say right 
Like, mm-hmm. uh, they either, you know, and it's not everybody, but the, the people who were ripe to have like the, their coping strategies to get to life start to break down somewhere in that uh, age range. Do you see that at all? I do. Absolutely. And I actually, well, I have the, the cool experience of getting to help other people with their journeys and just seeing that the awakening or the, when we start to wake up, it's like, there's no, there's no like timeline for it. Like there's no, I had clients in their sixties that were just kind of waking up, you know? Really? Yeah. And so I believe some people never really fully gain that awareness. And it doesn't mean like, I mean, because it would be like a judgment to say like, oh, that life is wasted if they never had true access to their free will and were awake enough to understand that their emotions were here to like help them understand like who they are and what they want and like that they get to choose the life they live and also their desires are like so very important in that and like they're meant to have like it just I think it can happen at any point or it can start happening like like my first big thing that happened like my first major I don't know chink chink in the armor whatever it was probably my um gosh there were so many things that happened like there was a lot like total shit show but the first <laughs> like I'm trying to think of like the first big thing that happened literally um it might have been like finding out that my like ex-husband he was my husband at the time but like finding out about this like emotional cheating like cheating betrayals that these little betrayal things that were happening Mm -hmm. and then like this pretty big scandal at like work with him wanting to get a polygraph at the nsa and then he failed the polygraph and then it was like why did you fail the polygraph and then he like came out with these things and they were like you need to tell your wife about all these things and then when he told me it was like holy shit Jake. holy shit like and then i didn't even know what to do and i felt so alone i was like how do i respond to this and i wanted to be a good wife and stand by him but there were some very interesting psychological implications in what he had admitted and I just had no idea what to do. And I didn't want to tell anyone because I felt ashamed. And then like he ended up losing his clearance, even though he had told me these things, I don't know how much was the full truth or whatever, but like we went from a two income household, like he got like half his pay and then we had to like move out of this house that we had had. And so everything began falling apart. And it took a few years before like, I was, I, I don't know. I just cannot like really imagine like ending it. And I was trying so hard to work and just make it work. And finally, like he was the one that asked for the divorce. And then I just thought I was like gonna die. Like I really felt like my heart was being ripped out of my chest that I just like could not breathe that I didn't know. And there was just so much. And then it was like, 
there was this one thing that happened and I, I like blogged about it, but this one thing happened where I was like, I actually felt my anger. Like I felt my no. And I, I went into my like kitchen cabinet. I had this glass cutting board, like a tempered glass cutting board. Mm-hmm. And I took it out of the house and into the back, um, on the back deck and I smashed it because I needed to like release. And I just didn't know what to do. And I'd seen obviously things smashed like growing up and whatever, but I didn't respond in the same way that I had seen it. And for me, it was like a very controlled moment actually Hmm. of like, I need, I was like, I need something to break. I need something to break. And I was looking around and then I found the thing and I'm like, I'm going to break this. Like this is tempered glass. And then I went outside and then I smashed it. And then it was like these pieces of tempered, these little glass like um, squares, these pieces were just raining down on me and something really shifted in that moment. Like Mm. that was the beginning of feeling something, but that was like, I was like 28. And then it was weird because after the marriage and everything was over, I just was like, thank God. Like, and I like never looked back. It was so weird. It was just like, I closed the, the chapter and then it was, I don't know. There's like a lot of strange stuff that had happened, but like there were like all these things falling apart. And I like left my government job and I went back to acting. There was, and then I got like Lyme disease. And then I was like, well, I better go to New York now in case I die from like Lyme disease. Like who knows? And then I went to New York and everything was like pretty good for a while. But like the big thing for me, like the biggest awakening piece, like total meltdown dissolution came from my um, left retina partially detaching. And I believe that happened because I was so good at pushing myself for so long. I just had my foot on the gas all the time, moving, running, doing, pushing, like the shit I would do when I think about it I was going to school, like I was in school full time. Then I started working over the summer. I had worked three double shifts, three doubles, carrying buckets of ice up and down stairs, carrying dishes, busing, working my ass off. And on that third double shift, it's just like, you know, like when the body set, like the body says no or whatever. Right. It's just like, that's it. That's, that's it. And it, I just, had no idea why it was happening and I felt so victimized hmm. but it was like that kind of thing like caused me to actually finally really stop and just be hmm. like what is going on of course I went through a whole victimization like why is God shitting on me I must have done something bad because of my Catholic upbringing I was like literally like being, you know, like, oh, you want to be an actor? Like, that's the most selfish fucking thing in the world. Of course, God is punishing you for being a selfish asshole, you know? So the, you talk about, like, working in double ship and, like, double shift and how driven, right? But for a long time, the, the drivenness almost had to feel, like, you talked about it feeling powerful. It must have felt almost normal, right? Yeah, it did feel, it did feel powerful. I felt very strong and invincible and capable of like tackling anything like most, you know, it it was just something I felt like I could rely on was my drive. 
Mm-hmm. Like I had very strong will, very strong. Um, and so, yeah, there were a lot of good things. Like I just, um, I was getting ready to graduate. Like I had just wrapped up my two, I did three years in two cause I had already brought all these credits from all these other mm-hmm. things. So I did three years in two at Atlantic. And then I also did some stuff at the stone street film studio. This is all like under Tish, but I just finished my two years, um, at Atlantic or pretty much like my last bit. And then I had, it was during that summer before I went to my film studio. And that's when it all happened. It happened in that summer. I was busting my ass because I was so scared about all these like student loans coming in. I just did not know how I was going to survive or do the thing. Um, But my goal was to um, get an agent, start auditioning, go to UCB, you know, Upright Citizens Brigade, start doing improv. And I was like, so excited. Like, I was so like, yes, I'm finally going to do this thing that I've always wanted to do. I'm really going after it. And then it was just like, nope, no, you're not. (laughs) Um, yeah. In that, in that, in the, like the building box of that drive, right? Obviously you're excited and you've kind of built this castle in the sky about what that excitement means to you. Mm -hmm. It meant something to you. Mm Mm-hmm. But was there like a recalibration after your body breaks as to what the actual makeup of that drive, where it came from? Not initially. Yeah. But yes, like this attachment to a specific outcome, this idea of what I thought my life would be or how it should look, perhaps. And it's not like I was necessarily far off the mark per se, because I was feeling lots of positive emotions about that career and doing that. Like I truly do love that and all those things like creativity and acting and performing and stand up and writing and all those things. Like I do love those things. Um, But there was no like real surrender in that or, it was it was a lot of unconscious stuff and somehow i i feel like i was still feeling my desire and moving towards things but there was a lot of unconscious unprocessed emotion that was driving a lot of these things and i just believe at some point we can't always keep sustaining it's like those protective mechanisms that keep us like running from the trauma or running from feeling the feelings those protective strategies only work so long. I don't think they're meant to work forever. In fact, somehow some people make it without potentially ever realizing that all this is happening. But I I have to say that um, at the time, I literally thought it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And there was significant trauma in that thing happening. I was re-traumatized like so many it was like a shit storm of just bad things happening like it was just like you know if there's such a thing as like a negative vortex of things it was everything happening and so I really bought into this victim story but then I just realized like every single thing that had happened was actually very 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 good for me like it kept it actually saved my life I believe saved my life so 
um, looking back, I'm very grateful for all those really big things that at the time were like some of the most painful things. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's kind of it. And then there's many other stories in between, like how I got from there to here. <laughs> uh, but what I will say is I just, it's, it's felt like an important thing to me for a long time for people to understand that um, the whole healing process is like, it is its own journey in and of itself. And it's like all of these tiny little pieces and steps and it all adds up to something. And yet it's like, we can be walking towards something that we are totally blind to like knowing even what it is because when we're not in touch with our own emotions and desires we're like without our compass we don't know where we're going we don't know who we are and we're just kind of blindly stumbling through life and i really feel like it's important to speak to people to let them know that if they feel that way that they are normal and well you know that saying like pain is is um what is it pain is mandatory no pain is not gonna happen Optional. no no it's the the quote it's like oh. <laughs> Pain is, oh, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So it's almost like just, I don't know. I just really want people to understand, like, if you feel like you're blind and lost, like you're Moses wandering around in the desert, that eventually like stuff starts to make sense. But it is like such a wild, crazy process to even like get there sometimes where like to where you know the difference between like your ass and a hole in the ground. You know what I mean? I can specifically remember uh, a scene on some porch some afternoon, maybe 15 years ago or something, but just all, all I could like was just like, I am fucking lost. Just I have no idea what is going on. Mm -hmm. Just of like how deeply I felt that at the time, you know. I wonder too about like the idea of the compass. There still feels like there is like some through thread into who I am like as a being right there's still some like peace or color right that that still remains true like up here it's all a mess you know <laughs> it's like i have no idea from my ass from the hole in the ground but um i don't know that but there, there there still is some through piece in the story too which it feels cool to that like that as <laughs> as as i connect more with the own uh, the different pieces of me the different parts of me for that through piece to like finally get some support you know and feel uh feel different chunks like coming back to it you know and and like mm -hmm. lighting it up and make it making it into something interesting where it, it does make sense and like it's uh to start to have that that i am not lost you know that's mm -hmm. that's a very powerful not powerful in the beginning but just powerful in its breath you know about how it lifts up your existence it lifts up your life and really can uh, uh really can can give some some deep meaning 
in, in those times when you feel lost, right? And when you're so di disconnected from meaning, right? That, that That's what I'm hopeful, you know, that, you know, everybody on the planet can start to, you know, get more meaning and feel more hopeful and just feeling their, their boat rising a little bit, you know, as yeah. we come back to ourselves, you know? Yeah, and also, like, because that experience of trauma and suffering, I know it very well to feel like so very alone in the world, like so mm. very disconnected, even as I'm surrounded by people, almost just like feeling like there is no God or there is no purpose or I'm like, you know, these feelings of like never getting there, wherever there is like our brain, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that the brain does. And it's like, the more I've let go and just practice like feeling my emotions and just being present, it's like everything's so much simpler and I'm able to like really surrender and work through all my resistance. But it's like, that took a long time to get there, like a really long time. Like, well, for me, it's felt, it has felt like 40 years of wandering in the desert being like, mm -hmm. what the fuck, what the fuck is the fucking point of all this shit? And yeah. should I just press the reset button? Because uh -huh. fuck, you know, like what? Um, and to have those thoughts, you know, I think is really normal. Like too, I remember like having these like fantasies, I would like stand at the, the subway and I would just think about throwing myself in front of like a bus or the subway. And I'd be like, why am I thinking that, yeah. you know? And just to be like, okay, I gotta be honest. Like there's a part of me that's like really depressed, you know, was feeling really this or that or extreme, you know? Um, yeah, so, and, and truly it's probably been like from when I started, from when my first like big like ah thing with the marriage, probably been like 10, 11 years maybe or so mm -hmm. from that, maybe 10, 12 years from that. Yeah. But then from like, holy shit, I'm not really feeling my feelings. It's probably been closer to six years from that. So it's just kind of wild, you know? Yeah all of the things that can change and all of the unpredicted um, like awesome things that I've done and like places I've found myself that I never thought I would be, you know, um, you've surprised yourself. I did. I surprised myself a lot and um, I'm still surprising myself and uh, let it, you know, just like letting go more and more about what I think everything has to look like. It just makes things a lot easier for me mm -hmm. so anything else you would like to add as we let everyone go uh, no if you get a chance to see this I just say like uh, I don't know comment you know I think that we could always react to ideas that other people have you know and uh, mm -hmm. bring up topics and uh, you know I don't know hash them out mm -hmm. so but no, uh, I just want to thank you for showing up and sharing and being radical. Uh, yeah, and it's fun to talk to you. And uh, I don't know, I like it. So there you go. I like it too. And thank you for being here and for doing this as well. And 
yeah i would love to hear like what people want to talk about like topics um i am like pretty cool about talking about whatever and i know that nick you and i are more than happy to like talk about crazy stuff so <laughs> i might hope that we get into more wild things but yeah i definitely want to talk more about that and then um you know just follow us like subscribe comment engage like we're happy to hear from you and to hear your comments and just where you are on your journey and and what you feel like would support you as well as like what would help make you laugh or feel better um because yeah. you're not alone and you're you're not crazy sometimes mm -hmm. you can feel crazy when you start feeling things and you haven't felt in decades and decades and decades mm -hmm. so yeah thanks thank you all for being here and um your ratings and reviews definitely will help us continue and we'll see where this wild thing goes.